Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Jordan from the Legion of Dudes and Walking Dead TV Podcast here. I really, really enjoyed the last two episodes of Half Hour Wasted. That was 234 and 235. In fact, everybody from the Legion of Dudes did, and we wanted to do our own episode in response where we talked about our top five episodes, but schedules didn't line up, the hurricane happened, and well, it just didn't happen. So instead, I'm here this week with my top five albums of all time. There's going to be some new stuff and some old stuff, some things you've hopefully heard before, and some things you probably haven't, and I hope you have a great time listening to it. I love all kinds of music. I've played drums for a little over six years now. I own a guitar. I couldn't really say I know how to play anything other than Horse With No Name, which is a great song. I agree, Brad. And it took a year of piano lessons when I was a little kid. But other than that, it's mostly drums for me. That said, I love nothing more than a good guitar solo. And I'm going to play some for you here as we get into the albums. Overall, though, I really love progressive music, whether it be actual prog rock or prog metal, or just music that does something I haven't heard before, or something I haven't heard done quite as well before. You may call the music showy or pretentious, but quite frankly, I just love it. That's not to say I don't love some good old-fashioned rock and roll or things like that that don't push any boundaries and are just fun and a lot of fun to listen to. Hopefully both will be represented on this list, but it'll be up to you to let me know on Forum for Geeks how good of a job I did. All that aside, let's get to it. Dropping three notches from last week's number two. Here at number five is... I've got eyes in the back of my head and I see where you're going with this. I'm not surprised. So actually, let's get things started out with a cheat. This is not one album. Number five is actually an EP and an LP from the same band. They released about three months apart they have very similar album art they share about three songs or four songs in between them um, and the rest are all independent to those albums i really feel like these are one of a piece they just you know put a couple of the extra songs on an ep before the album came out so i wouldn't want to disqualify it on a technicality but number five is emery and the album is well the ep is while broken hearts prevail and then the actual lp is in shallow seas we sail so while broken hearts prevail in shallow seas we sail is the full project as far as i'm concerned and this is my number five i could have chosen a couple other albums actually their first album is more of a traditional screamo which i know is off derided but it's actually pretty well produced and well done album even if it's not everybody's cup of tea including mine it's one of my least favorite albums from them their second album, The Question, actually introduced a whole bunch of jazz elements. They're actually all jazz-trained musicians, and so they brought that in, they cut down on the screaming, and it's an excellent album. It's actually a concept album. Every track is an answer to the question, where were you when I was, and then, you know, the track name is that question. And it really works really well. But I think these two, you know, the EP and the LP together here, work even better. Their third album, right after The Question, actually went to more of a straight rock sound, and I didn't enjoy it. They left a lot of that cool sound that made them them from the first two albums. Um, some of their vocal styles and some of the things they did with drums, which were pretty interesting, more jazz-styled for a rock song. And I really missed it. It was a cool sound that no one else was doing too much, or at least not in the way they did. So this album was a nice return to form for them. And then actually the one that came after it, which just came out a few months back, they lost their secondary lead vocalist, and it really took a lot away from it. They, It doesn't suck, it's still a good album, but I fear that what I loved about this album and some of the others is lost. 
And what I really loved was the dueling vocals, which we're going to get to in just a second here. Um, this is not actually both a normal vocalist, I don't think, because one of the voices sounds different. But this will give you a sense of something they do on a lot of the albums. I just love this breakdown here. first time I saw them live, they actually came out on stage, played three or four songs, and I didn't know who they were at the time, and then their guitarist and lead singers just switched places and played the rest of the show that way. And it kind of boggled my mind, and it turns out that's what they do at pretty much every show, or did when they had two lead vocalists. Um, whichever one sang lead lead on that song would just sing, and the other would play guitar and sing as well. Um, and this dueling vocals thing they did a lot is something I don't hear too often in other bands. You know, it's something you might hear in a musical occasionally where two people are singing completely different things to one melody. Um, you know, they might be singing in harmony, but they're singing completely different things and neither one is really leading. They're both equally as important. I mentioned earlier how I loved it, how they use a lot of really jazzy drums, and that actually don't use that right here in this song, but they do do some fun things anyway, and for a band that likes to layer things so much, this is just a really fun and catchy hook, and I love how they turn the beat around a couple times right here. And if this doesn't make you want to clap, then there might be something wrong with it. So that's it for number 5 on my list, Emery. I'm going to leave you with one last clip of their dueling vocals where you get to hear both normal lead vocalists going back and forth. Um, I didn't mention this before, but they have really similar voices and vocal styles, so it's pretty cool. It's almost like when an artist sings their own backup, except not. It's actually two different people who have very similar voices, and I really love the layer and the texture that gives it. Um, so check these guys out. Like I said, this album, or the EP is called While... Uh, while Broken Hearts Prevail and the LP is called In Shallow Seas We Sail. But definitely check out all of them, they're all on iTunes and stuff. And uh, here's that clip, and then we'll go into number four. We will I love covers, and not everybody does. They feel like it's ruining a great song. I, on the other hand, like it because it's a new artist reinterpreting an old song. Even songs like All Along the Watchtower are better known by their cover versions than their original. Covers in their own right are not a bad thing, and another reason why I love them is because it can introduce me to music that I didn't already know, and that was the case with this next band. I first became aware of them because of a cover. This cover. Carry on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest 
Don't you cry. That's right, album number four is Kansas's Left Overture. The band covering them is The Showdown, who will be on my honorable mentions later. But yeah, I heard this cover, it was like, oh, kind of a fun song, and then my dad went, well, you realize it's a cover, right? Which I hadn't. The next thing I know, I've got a pretty complete library of Kansas that I picked up at secondhand shops over the years. I love these guys. In fact, it was a pretty hard decision for me whether I should choose this album, Left Overture, or Point of No Return, or even their second album, Song for America. They've just got a ton of great stuff. When it comes to Kansas's two big hits, Carry On Wayward Son and Dust in the Wind, I'm not actually a huge fan of Dust in the Wind. It's growing on me now, but I kind of agree with everyone else. That's overplayed. However, Carry On Wayward Son, I absolutely love this song. I mean, just listen to it. It's awesome. As I said before, I really, really like prog rock and prog metal, and I specifically like what Kansas has done with integrating the violins into your traditional prog rock. It gives them a really cool and unique sound. Check out this clip of the song Questions of My Childhood to hear exactly what I mean. I also enjoy about Kansas that they just plain rock. Now, granted, they're known for more of their softer stuff, like Dust in the Wind, and this isn't even their hardest rocking album. I almost went for another one simply because I do enjoy their heavier stuff quite that much. But I'll play you out with a clip from the song What's On My Mind as we head into album number three so you can see exactly what I mean when it comes to Kansas rocking pretty hard. Enjoy! digit of pi at number three. That's right, it's... She told me why She told me lies Always take care of it So, speaking of heavy, album number three is our first and only metal album on the list. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jordan, I have ears, and I can tell this isn't metal. Well, that's correct. At the moment, what you're hearing isn't metal, but it will be very soon. That's because the band you're listening to is Opeth. Now, anyone who knows modern metal or death metal knows Opeth. Even if you haven't heard the band, believe me, you've seen their t-shirt being worn around. Opeth is a band that is world-renowned for their musicianship. Uh, they're simply brilliant when it comes to mixing the quiet, the ethereal, the mournful like this with some great heavy death metal. What we're currently listening to is the opening track from their 2008 album Watershed, and boy is that an aptly named album. From start to finish, this album traverses the musical landscape from songs like this one that don't even touch on the heavy, to songs that'll have you headbanging the entire way through. Particularly of note is frontman Michael Ackerfeld, who is one of those frontmen who really does lead almost every aspect of the band. His voice is beautiful, as you can hear right here as he sings the song, but we're going to switch gears here and switch tracks to the second track of the album, Hair Apparent, and you'll really get to hear that transition from him singing to growling with the best of death metal vocalists. Now, I fully understand that that type of vocals is not the cup of tea for many 
many people. But for those of you who do like heavy music and just don't like the death metal Grover type vocals, you might want to check out this section from later on in the same song where you get to hear some of the really heavy breakdowns and just how awesome they are. It's kind of hard to convey in short clips, but one of the things I love about this band so much is how often they are able to turn on a dime in the middle of the song, sometimes multiple times during a song, from the heavy to the ethereal, back to the really, really heavy riffs, and then back to a quiet part six or seven times in a song. And not that just they could do it, because lots of bands do that, but how it works, and it always works, and it always works so beautifully. Speaking of beautiful, as we move on to album number two, I'm going to leave you with an extended clip of a solo from their song Burden off of the same album. Um, it is, like I said, beautiful. It is just an absolutely beautiful solo. I love every note of it. I could listen to this thing on loop for a year. It's that great. So as we go into album number two, give this one a listen. I hope you love it just as much as I do. Not only is this album my second favorite of all time, but it was also my favorite album of the year it came out, 2005. The song that's playing right now got quite a bit of radio play when the album came out, so you probably already know who it is, but in case you don't, this is Coheed and Cambria's third studio album, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Yeah, the title's kind of obnoxious, but obnoxious title or none, I love this album. I had just graduated from high school a little bit before this album came out, I had just gotten my first drum set and I was looking for fun things to play. At the time I was listening mostly to, you know, generic rock or pop punk and the other things that were popular at the time. 
A friend of mine had just recently hooked me up with a bunch of metal, and so I was starting to get into that, and I really loved it. And then this album came out, and it blew my mind. Is it the best prog rock album ever? No, but it's certainly my favorite. Start to finish this concept album from a concept band never lets up. Musical themes weave out of one song into another, and then they show up three tracks later. Multi-song suites litter the album, and for me, a brand new drummer at the time, oh, I loved everything the drummer was doing. Although he's not with the band anymore, Josh Shepard was the drummer at the time for Coheed and Cambria, and, like me, he's left-handed. Now, I play on a left-handed set, but he plays left-handed on a right-handed set, and you might not think that would make a huge difference just the way you're holding the sticks, but it adds a whole new dynamic to the music. There's things he'll do on the drums that no other drummer will, not because they're more difficult to pull off, but just the way you hold the sticks and the way your arms are placed when you're playing on the set, it doesn't come naturally to a right-handed drummer. But to a left-handed drummer playing on a right-handed set, nothing could be more natural, and it's just a really cool and different sound from the drum kit. Now, one unfortunate thing about a lot of prog rock is that unless you're a musician, not a whole lot of it's very catchy. Not that music has to be catchy to be good, but it doesn't hurt. But one of the things I love about Coheed and Cambria, you never have to wait very long for the next catchy section of the song. Like in this section of the song Apollo 1, The Writing Writer. Now, I almost cheated and instead of choosing this album, chose Coheed and Cambria's live album Never Ender. Why their live album? Well, a year or two ago, Coheed and Cambria went out on a special short tour where they played their four albums that had come out already in full, one every night, four nights in a row. So if you bought the album Never Ender, which I do have, it's one album with every single one of their LP songs. And it's a really cool live album, I could have chosen it, but there's just something about the production and the sound of this studio record that just sounds so good. I love this one. It's a great summer album. I'm going to leave you now with the last song on the album. It's called The Willing Well for the Final Cut. Now, when they play this one live, they add a lot of cool improvisation, but I just really love how all the band members get their, their moment in the sun with the solos on this track. And uh, we're going to go out on this one before we go to number one. And then after that, I've got a whole bunch of honorable mentions. But check this one out. I really do enjoy this song.
request and dedication goes out to a 15-year-old girl named Stephanie from Omaha, Nebraska. Here's what she writes. Dear Casey, my boyfriend Bruce moved away last month because his father has a new job in Buffalo and we miss each other terribly. It would mean a lot to both of us if you'd say our favorite number. Well, Stephanie and Bruce, I'll do what I can to make things a little easier during this difficult time. Here's your request, Stephanie and Bruce. Your favorite number, debuting all the way up at number one. American Kryptonite, yeah. Now, there's a good chance you've never heard of my number one album. I don't think it got any radio play. It didn't have a tour to support it. The band broke up before they put out the album. And unless you were into third slash fourth wave ska in the late 90s, early 2000s, and followed the Christian music scene at the time, you probably would not have run across these guys. But this is the final album from Colorado-based band Five Iron Frenzy, titled The End Is Here. So what is it about this band and this album that puts them at the top of my list? They're certainly not the most musically inventive, in fact, I'd say of all five, they're by far the least. The lead vocalist would be the first to tell you, he's not the greatest singer. Ska? Seriously? We waited all the way to number one for this? Well, let me explain. This is one of those bands that I kind of grew up on. During my early teens, I was slowly being turned on to this band by some of my friends, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't really know any music, I didn't know other ska, I didn't know what ska was. I just knew that this was the band with the trumpets that had all the funny songs, and they do, they have a lot of funny songs. Songs about phantom mullets, songs about rumors on the internet about members of their band dying, songs like Kitty Doggy, My Evil Plan to Save the World, at least I'm not like all those other old guys, and an entire album of joke songs called Cheeses of Nazareth. But they weren't just a joke band, despite their album titles, which, to list in order, are Upbeats and Beatdowns, our newest album ever, Quantity is Job 1, Proof That the Youth Are Revolting, All the Hype That Money Can Buy, Five Iron Frenzy 2, Electric Boogaloo, Cheeses of Nazareth, and The End Is Near. And The End Is Here, I'll get to that in a second. Despite all the joke songs and joke album titles, they really did have more to talk about and more to do. In a weird parallel to Kansas, they also have quite a few songs about U.S. oppression of Native Americans. Like a lot of bands of the era, they had a bunch to say about consumerism. And despite the fact that they were a quote-unquote Christian band, like I mentioned before, no one was more critical of the church and how it treats people than they were. But beside the jokes and the messages and the fact that this album takes me back, the real reason I love this band and this album is because it's all for the fans. Every last note. When my family first got the internet, one of the things I would do was sign up for mailing lists for bands I liked. And one of the first I signed up for was Five Iron. And like many band mailing lists, you don't get a whole lot of mailings from them if they're not putting out a new album, or going on a new tour, or selling a new hat. But the first email I did receive from the band's mailing list was a doozy. It was that they were breaking up. They were going to put out two last albums, the joke album, Cheeses, that I talked about before, and an album called The End Is Near, and they were going to go on one final tour, and then they were done. Not the type of thing you want to get in your first email from one of your favorite bands. 
So Cheeses came out, and like I mentioned before, it's a joke album, it's pretty dumb, it's got a couple memorable songs, but it's just a collection of every random thing they'd ever recorded that didn't make it onto an album, mostly for good reason. Then they went on their final tour, the Winners Never Quit Tour, and that was the only place where you could buy their final album, The End Is Near. Well, I really wanted to go on that final tour, but I was just a kid, I was 15. But I tried. I really tried. I even entered a contest on the radio and won two tickets to a show in New Jersey. So what should happen? Well, a hurricane came to town. Well, that's a problem, but it's not a huge problem. The concert wasn't that far away. I could still get my parents to take me. Like I said, I was 15, and driving into New Jersey is older than that. And then my step-grandfather died that day. Now that's a whole story into itself, but let's put it this way. I won tickets, and then I didn't get to go see the band on their final tour. I would seen them live before, but this was the last chance I was going to get. But then later that year, I was at a different concert for a different band that happened to be on the same label. And what do you know, they had some copies of the final album for sale. So I got a copy, and it was great. Still is. The band continued their tour, they played their final show in Denver, Colorado, they recorded the whole thing, and then they actually put that album out as well. And that's where this one, just like number five on our list, becomes a cheat. You see, like I said before, The End Is Near was their last studio album, but my choice for my number one album is The End Is Here. And The End Is Here is their final studio album with an extra song, and their final live recorded concert. And let me tell you, this double album is a treat. There's the joke songs, there's the message songs, and then there's a bunch of heartfelt songs directly to the fans. Songs about the band and its career and its past songs and just how much the fans meant to them. It's certainly their best produced album and every song sounds great, from the ska punk songs to the classic first wave ska, also known as reggae song, to some of the generic rock songs. It's really a fun listen. And if you're a fan, it's super meaningful. Now, if it was just this LP and not the live section as well, it would be a bit of a toss-up for me whether or not I would go with this or their previous studio album, not counting the joke one, uh, Five Iron Frenzy 2 Electric Boogaloo. That's also a great album, but once you throw in the live stuff, it just puts it over the top. And the live album is great. Uh, I absolutely love it. Not only is it an excellently produced live album where you can hear the band, you can hear the fans, you can hear all the instruments well, and they played their hearts out. Because it is all those things. But for fans of the band, all the fan favorites are on this album. Even if they don't play the whole song, they have a medley of a whole bunch of songs in the middle of the show. They've got new songs, they've got old songs, they've even got a couple brief covers. And the great thing about both the studio album and the live album is that they both end, not counting bonus materials at the end, in the same way. In fact, the band had been ending every concert for years with the song Every New Day, ever since that song came out. It was a fan favorite, everybody knew the words, and everybody loved the song. And so for the final studio LP, they didn't re-record the song, but they did add the ending of that song to the final song on the album. It's a completely different song, but it flows directly into the bridge and the ending chorus of Every New Day, and it sounds absolutely wonderful. And not surprisingly, since they've been ending all their concerts with the song, they ended their final concert with that song as well. They hit notes they'd never hit before, and they played their hearts out, and the fans loved it. There's not a single time I listen to this album that there's not a tear brought to my eye, especially right there at the end. Between tracks on the live album, the band members take tons of time to thank their fans, thank each other, thank everyone who had come from Australia and Europe and even nearby towns in Colorado to see them. The band played like they'd never played before and they got the whole thing recorded. It sounds fantastic. 
and as the last notes of Every New Day faded out in the auditorium, it wasn't shouts of encore or one more song or anything like that that played out. Instead, what was shouted out by the fans in attendance, and what I want to shout out every single time I hear the end of this album, was a chant of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I know I haven't been playing any specific clips of the album, I can face reality. I'm the only person who knows this band or this album, and it's not a musically dynamic enough album to really catch any new listeners' attention. I get that. That's why I've just been talking over it as the music plays in the background. But as this is number one on my list, I do want to end with the last little bit of Every New Day as it was played at their final concert. But don't turn off your MP3 player quite yet, I've still got some honorable mentions I want to talk about once the song ends. So enjoy this last little bit of the concert, and then I'll be back with some more music talk. So there you go, that's my top five favorite albums. Uh, for my runners-up, for my honorable mentions, I'm actually just going to go by artists instead of specific albums, since a lot of these artists, I didn't pick them because I love songs across all their albums, but there's no one album that would fit, or they just, just fell below that threshold. Let's start out with The Showdown, because we already mentioned them once. They got me into Kansas, and for that I'll be forever grateful. Their albums have ranged from death metalcore to southern rock, and then back up to death metalcore, and then all over the place. Every album, except for the two newest ones, sound completely different from the others, and I love them all the more for it. Also some southern metalcore, we've got Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. I just found out today they've got a new album coming out, and I'm super excited. Uh, love these guys. Just so much fun. House of Heroes is a great band. Their album, The End Is Not The End, came so close to being on this list. It is a fantastic album. Think uh, think Modern Beatles. Just definitely check out House of Heroes. Their new stuff. Their old stuff's a little bit generic pop punk, um, but The End Is Not The End and Suburb are the two most recent albums are absolutely great. Another pop punk band that I really do think rises above kind of the rest of them is Reliant K, especially their most recent album, uh, Forget and Not Slow Down. It's a total departure for them. It's a really heartfelt album, and it just flows beginning to end. Great, great listen. 
Jump back to Metal with Death Clock. Yeah, they're a fake band, but they make really awesome music. Also, Metal Becoming the Archetype. This is another band that came so close uh, with their album Dichotomy. I almost put them on the list. It's a really, really amazing listen. Their newest album, also Celestial Completion, really, really good. Um, Just felt just short of the mark. Tear or Tire, it's T-Y with an accent mark over at R. It's the Norse god of war, I believe. Um, But it's a Pharaoh East folk metal band. Um, if that means nothing to you, just Google Tear um, and listen to some of what you can on YouTube. It's really, really fun stuff. Viking metal, essentially. Soil work, some great technical progressive death metal. Also Necrophagist uh, for technical progressive death metal. I love Necrophagist solos. Some of the rest of their albums I get a little bogged down in because I just don't understand what they're doing on the guitars. It's so complicated, but all. Oh, Great fun to listen to. Not for the kids, though. <laughs> Another ska band for the list, uh, Less Than Jake. Lots of fun there. Another metal band, Symphony X. These guys are actually from New Jersey. Uh, this is another band that they fell just just, just ever so short of the mark for like three or four different albums. Paradise Lost, um, their most recent one, Iconoclast, uh, the other one, uh, The Odyssey. All three of those are just practically perfect albums. I just... I feel so bad leaving them off the list, but check out Symphony X. They're they're amazing. The vocalist is incredible. Another ska band I love is the Aquabats. Um, they're one of those ones where I love like three, four, five songs on an album and the others I could do without, but those three, four, or five songs are fantastic. Mastodon is another band. They have an album coming out really soon as well, and they are so cool. Uh, I loved the last two albums that I'm going to play. Blood Mountain and Oblivion, maybe? I forget what the most recent one was called. They have got a new one coming out right around the corner, but really, really great stuff. Lyrics don't make a lick of sense, but they don't need to. They're using their vocalist as an extra instrument. The lyrics don't matter. Two classic bands, both of which I felt horrible leaving off the list, but uh, Rush 2112 was oh so close. And Queen, um, there's so many albums to choose from. If I had to choose one, it would probably be Sheer Heart Attack that made it really close to the list. But uh, them, the Beatles, of course, you know, listing all the greats, of course, would take forever. But, you know, it bears mentioning. They're great bands. Check out this band called Diamond Snake. Um, they're a band that has Moby. Yeah, that Moby on guitar. They're a quote-unquote fake rock slash hard rock slash metal band. Um, it's a lot about the laughs and it's a lot about, you know, just parodying that style. But it's really, really fun music. You can get all this stuff for free, too. Um Diamond Snakes Rock, Diamond Snake Rocks.net or something like that. But Diamond Snake, just Google them. Um, a lot of fun to be had there and for free. I've recently gotten into dubstep. Um, Skrillex, Claypex, mostly Skrillex. Uh, Dubba Johnny has some good stuff as well. Really cool stuff there. And I think I'm going to end this list because I could keep going on forever and ever. Weird Al, Amberlynn, Scar Symmetry, uh, I think it said Squawhorry, Breaking Benjamin, the damn things. Um, but I'm going to end with Dream Theater. Um, they're another one of those bands. I'll love, like, two, three, four songs an album. They have only a few songs per album because they're really long songs. But I'll love a couple of the songs on the album and the rest I could do without. But all musicians at the top of their field. Uh, it's a shame Mike, Mike Portnoy left. Uh, I wish him the best, though. Uh, and hopefully the new drummer will bring some revitalization to the band because they've felt a little stale lately. But Dream Theater is just absolutely awesome. So that's it for what I have for honorable mentions for go check them out uh, all this stuff pretty much is going to be on itunes or amazon mp3 or uh, spotify or all that kind of stuff 
check them out. Hopefully you found something in this that you didn't know and that you really are interested in, or hopefully you just went, hey, he's not a complete idiot, or maybe you did. I don't know. I don't care. This is the music I like, and uh, I had a lot of fun putting this together. So uh, have a good week, and don't forget to check out the rest of the HHWLOD podcast network. We've got Media Minutes. We've got Half Hour Waste. We've got Legion of Dudes, Walking Dead TV, brand new to the feed, out now with Aaron and Abe, and of course the PK Media Black Box. Uh, Check out it all. It's a lot of great stuff. HHWLOD.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey. And until the next podcast I'm on, which will probably be tomorrow or the next day or who knows. So on a lot of them, have a good week.